0: welcome to desert rain community radio dispatches from the verge uh, today we continue our pathways to present series david and i uh, sit down and discuss the spiritual discipline or idea of confession and how that has uh we start off with some of the controversy around it and we acknowledge that and then we uh continue the conversation around how Confession has built up our lives and built up our spiritual practice um, and different ways we've engaged with it. So, but before we get into that, thank you to Danny West. He does all the editing and sound engineering. Thank you to Jacob at Monk Drums. That's what you hear in the background right now. Uh, If you're interested in learning more about desert rain or reading some of David's writings, theruined.com is a place to find that. Uh, drcrpod.com is where you can find past episodes, or wherever you found this uh, particular episode, you should be able to go there too. And please tell a friend word of mouth and social media really helps us out. We appreciate you, and let's get into it. Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio. David Morrison.
1: <laughs> Good day, sir. Good day, sir.
0: Uh, how are you today?
1: I'm doing well.
0: I need to turn this off.
1: Yeah, for a Tuesday morning. Two, top of a Tuesday. It's very bright outside
0: from the rain last night. And it's humid a little bit. Yeah. A little clingy. Um, So today on Dispatches from Verge, Dispatches from the Verge, we are... Revisiting our annual, or not revisiting, but continuing our annual uh, Pathways to Present series. Um, I can't believe this is going to be number nine. Wow. I can't believe we've done nine of these already. Chugging along here. Yeah. So today's um, discipline, and, and for if this is your first time tuning into this series, we're basically using the book Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster as a guide if you will, this isn't a book study. Yeah, um no. but it it's a we're using the twelve topics from his book, Celebration of Discipline, to uh have a conversation yeah. of our um experience with it. Yeah. Until
1: he sends us a cease and desist letter, I
0: suppose. Right, and then we'll take down the episodes and it'll Just... be it'll be nice. it'll be a good twelve <laughs> hours. Well more than that, I guess, but twelve hours of uh conversation that you and i can just re-listen to i think
1: you could use a book as an outline
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i I think yeah i don't we haven't done and and we've credited him i think in every episode so um so we're raising awareness about his you might say
1: that that's the problem (laughs) we don't want me being associated with (laughs) scumbags like you discredits me you've given me too much credit
0: oh jesus (laughs) um so today's episode is or today's discipline and i guess uh, topic is confession. And, um, I guess what we'll lead off with David is if you could give sort of your, uh, elevator pitch or your understanding of, of what exactly confession is, um, maybe for someone that, that isn't, isn't familiar and maybe just knows it from movies or something like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Let me give the quick, as I understand it, uh, uh, Christian history of it. How okay. That? Yeah, that's Real perfect. Quick. So, so you have in the in the early church, uh, you know, Paul exhorting his little churches to to confess your sins to one another, right? So you can be healed. Or that was James, the book, the general letter of James. Uh, but Paul talking about bringing things into the light and these moral things, right. know, Moral inventory issues, and and so they did it informally as a. You know, and it was communal. That's that's kind of the controversy for Americans anyway. It's scandalous for Americans to not be hyper individualized in this. Mm. It's between me and God, right? Uh, my my personal failures are between right, me yeah. and God. They're right. not between me and you. And you know, and but the early church would disagree. Mm-hmm. Who, who didn't even have a concept of hyper individualism that we right. have today and all that. Uh, but then it kind of, within within a hundred years, uh, it's very shocking that it became abused, <laughs>
0: <laughs> became and, as a a, uh, a tool of yeah. uh, tool of or leverage tool.
1: <laughs> so this would be a period of, uh, uh, you know, around the fourth century and beyond, what, what we'd call the Great Church, mm. and evidently people were they were in the habit of confessing their sins probably whether they liked it or not probably coerced and yeah sense, right. to in front of the entire group
0: oh okay in front
1: of the entire church uh and then they would decide which sins could be forgiven mm. as well and so one of them was adultery they that period of, of time the church decided you cannot be forgiven god will not forgive you for adultery mm. so that became a problem because here's jesus forgiving a woman you know there's a story right. of jesus in in the uh, uh, gospel it was actually modern scholars a lot of them believe that story was was uh, taken out of the gospel of Luke mm. because because Jesus is disagreeing with their theology. right with what, they, what they've decided yeah. was right and wrong and so <laughs> the the gospel of John when it was being compiled later it's the last gospel uh, they stuck it in they pasted it in <laughs> it slipped it in <laughs> yeah out. So yeah,
0: I guess I guess we'll let Jesus get away yeah. with this one.
1: So be, so it went into a very austere, very harsh uh, season. Mm. This this idea of confession, um, and then and then in the you know we've talked about it, the Anam the the soul friend of mm-hmm. the Irish, that right. became a, a a gift, if you will, where uh, where you could. Uh, confess your, your vulnerability, confess your sins, if you will. Confess your faults, your moral failings, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. Your trauma uh, that you've caused and received, yeah. you know, both of those. Uh, to a soul friend who would be, you would be safe with this person. and
0: You could actually share in confidence. Yeah, yeah. and
1: so that became the precursor to uh, the, it becoming sacramentalized. Mm. by the by the roman catholic right, church right. and the orthodox church it became a sacrament and then you know of course the church bureaucrats took it over and it could only be administered by a priest and then they gave the priest the power to absolve sin so it became it took mm. off into that direction
0: and didn't, getting at some your point, sins absolved at this point and didn't at some point there was like money involved or something
1: yeah then it extended outward so by the time uh you know the, the 1500s uh Middle, the, the Middle Ages, it became a money making scheme basically mm. uh, in the selling of indulgences.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: what that means is uh, you, your family member that you know, your uncle Ed, uh, your uncle Chewy is dead and, and and so the church put him in purgatory, this in-between place but your prayers and your financial contributions uh, can pay for masses being the, said.
0: The original uh, televangelist. Exactly.
1: <laughs> for masses being said on behalf of Uncle Chewy, and and then Chewy gets bailed and bumped G- up to, to, to heaven into heaven. better accommodations in heaven and get prayed out. So that's what Martin Luther in Germany and the Protestant Reformation, that's one of the major yeah. issues that they had. And so... So now we go into Protestant history and it becomes uh that's why uh Protestants are very suspect about confession because of that history. Um and then you and then, you know, I'm just gonna pick on evangelicals because they're the largest group in America in Christianity.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh
1: I believe they are anyway. One of, in in the Protestant world, uh they're the largest. Mm-hmm. And and because of hyper-individualism, you know, I don't need to confess to anybody. A priest doesn't need to forgive. Me. Jesus died for my sins. Right. And I'm, you know, free. And so, so it becomes an issue of this salvation in the future uh, mm. instead of uh, healing now. And so, so it's a very convoluted history uh, of those things. And then, of course, you know, there was a, in the charismatic movement, in the '70s, mid '70s, late '70s, '80s, there was a, a movement which which had its own goofiness, but it also had its place as well, in my opinion. Right. Uh, called the inner healing movement. Okay. Where you could sit with someone, a friend who who might have some training, and and just sitting with you, <laughs> uh, and and you can go through the healing of memories and those kinds of things, and uh, and they would just kind of witness you in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a healing that could take place, but there's also manipulation that can take place of course, yeah, that kind of thing and and I think that's why it's controversial because to be vulnerable to another person, they might take advantage of you
0: mm-hmm. in
1: some way or another, and so there's always that that risk involved with confession
0: well and I think too what you what you just said a minute ago about the uh what was it called the healing healing of memories. Well, what, the inner, movement, what was the movement called? Inner healing. Inner healing. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was one of the interesting things of this chapter was he actually talks about being able to receive a confession and sort of the things right, yeah. the things that are useful and helpful to be on the receiving side, yeah. um, which I don't know. I think a lot of focus in general is about being the confessor and not necessarily being, you know being able to sit with someone like you're saying and witness and just listen to, to whatever they need to share with you in that moment. Right. But, um, but before we, yeah, before we go down that rabbit hole, just to, you know, and, and I feel like some of the controversy I've witnessed, um, well, it's two things first, the sort of in the Christian context is in a lot of circles. Well, just growing up in the Southwest here, we've talked about this. Growing up yeah. in El Paso and Las Cruces is like Catholics versus Christians. Right. That's a big Catholics, thing in this Catholics region. aren't Christians and you know right. blacks yeah. back and forth and, and so on and so forth. And so the thing one of the things I've witnessed is to not be mistaken as a Catholic, God forbid, right. <laughs> you avoid the confession part pretty uh, intentionally. Is that, is that a fair observation? Yeah. 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 And so, but I had never thought about it from what you said at the top of the episode about this idea also of, of hyper individualism, um, also being like a deterrent, so to, so to speak of, of confession. Um, and so I guess specifically, has, is there anything that you've witnessed around the controversy of, um, in the Christian world, I guess, in, like more, less of the history, but and more, you know, more of your, your actual personal experience.
1: Yeah. I've seen it all from, you know, the, 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 the mechanical, almost meaningless routine, uh, confession mm-hmm. uh, in the, in the confession booth, you go mm-hmm. in and, you know, and father O'Mahony listens to your confession and tries to draw some out of you, you know, to have you been touching yourself <laughs> and, uh, which he did ask, you know, and I would be like, uh, how many? You what know, do you mean? I was like, oh, I'm doing it right now. What are you talking about? You know. Uh, <laughs> I put my finger in my ear. What do you, you mean? a 13-year-old. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. a 12-year-old. About. Uh, and so, yeah, and, and, it, and then it becomes transactional, right? Mm-hmm, and, right. That's, and that's the deeper problem is that we've, tra- we've turned the forgiveness of God and the salvation. We've turned the forgiveness of God into a transaction, so, you know, I think Foster mentions that in the beginning. Right. The popular understanding is, is God is really pissed at humanity, <laughs> uh, doesn't like humanity, hates them because of their sin. And, uh, and so that Jesus is a really good guy and he says, hey, I'll take the hit. So all the punishment I'll co- I'll, that, yeah. that you and I deserve, you know, and so uh, it comes upon Jesus and you know and it and it just unravels into a, just a nonsense kind of thing just a weird yeah. guilt
0: a guilt trip yeah type and scenario. then salvation
1: becomes about a future state of your soul rather than healing now salvation mm. means salve to heal a wound okay so it's so it's about transformation now becoming uh an integral person becoming a whole person uh integrated person um and so that that's more of what salvation, and I'm, and I'm not modernizing it. That's right. Saint Anthony the Great was called an integral person mm-hmm. uh, in the in the what was it fourth century or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, these aren't modern, though. Though there are modern ideas that can definitely be put on it. So so that that was my beginning experience was just this transactional. How can I get out of here with as few Hail Marys? You know, uh, for those of you who don't understand that, uh, the the priest will then usually give you a couple of prayers. Uh, I always got more than my brothers because you could hear through the walls of the church. <laughs> right, so he of would, yeah, so. He, Everyone and those big it. cathedrals
0: echo. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't help.
1: So everyone was well aware of my masturbatory routines. Uh, they thank you very to, much. Whether they wanted to be or not. <laughs> exactly. It's a whole line out there. They're You're just in, like, oh, like uh, that guy's a wanker. Uh, Literally. Yeah, so, and my brothers, you know, they're getting away with it by not confessing it. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, ah. so I was like, I'm being honest. <laughs> And so I would get, so they'd all be waiting in the car in the parking lot and I was still finishing it, you know, cause I was getting whole rosaries for right. penance kind of thing. And, uh, they were getting off with two Hail Marys.
0: Uh, anyway, they were doing uh Saturday detention and you were doing summer school. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and so then I wised up and, uh, and, uh, I found a, a, a parish blessed sacrament up the road from us. And I found out there was a priest there that didn't speak any English. He spoke only Spanish. And so I found out the times that he was giving confession. And then I confessed it all. I confessed every dark thing I could think of. (laughs) And and I got off with three Hail Marys. Three. So I was like, I'm good. So there's that transactional ridiculousness of it all. Right. And then I ended up going to Catholic school at cathedral and they, and they were, we were doing some sort of retreat week or something, uh, you know, and, and so there were some priests that were available and they'd call you out into the hallway of the school. We didn't do it at the church. It was just Mm -hmm. right there. You're in English class or whatever. And, and you'd sit next to this priest. There was no divider. You're just sitting Mm -hmm. down with a a soul friend. So there, so the progressives in the Catholic church in the sixties and seventies began to see. This needs to be reformed. Mm. It needs to be more of a face to face.
0: counsel.
1: Yeah, almost a counseling kind of session, Mm. a soul friend session rather than a transactional uh, list your sins kind of thing. Uh, Because that was the original, you know, that's the spirit of it. Mm -hmm. Let's rediscover the spirit of it. Um, And then, you know, when I was a radical, when I was a teenager, so as a radical, on fire, charismatic, I would confess my sins in front of everyone, mm-hmm. whether they wanted, I apologize <laughs> once a, once to everyone. Again. <laughs> yeah. Once again, I apologize to everyone who had to hear my therapy session, uh, when I was in my, when this would have been the
0: but you weren't mid your, to late eighties. But also you weren't doing it maliciously. You were doing what you thought you were called to yeah, at I, in the moment.
1: Yeah. I felt like it was something I needed to do as a, you know, but it also the negative of it, it gave me a sense of higher righteousness. Of know, course. I of have course. more rights because I'm yeah. more transparent than everyone else. yeah yeah. so then it goes on and on and on Mm -hmm. you're kicking that can uh so but anyway that was that was kind of the you know the and and so and then in the later years uh the therapist really the you know actual therapy Mm -hmm. became very confessional for me uh and i think it's a legitimate form yeah of uh you know i i did uh i was i was diagnosed with uh some light, you know, uh, PTSD. If you can call it, I call it light I was because say, i, I do not. In, I don't know if it. <laughs> I guess it's PTSD as it. PTSD, yeah, PTSD. But I judge myself because I wasn't in combat or yeah, like that. but that didn't witness a horrific uh,
0: car wreck. Yeah, anything. but that I mean that's to to. I mean there are different <laughs> levels of PTSD. I guess the but brain still, doesn't know that. Yeah, the brain and body still doesn't know.
1: So she did several sessions of a therapy called EMDR, which is eye rapid uh, eye movement therapy And I think we've talked about that before yeah,
0: I th- you actually went through the whole process, yeah like describing it and, yeah. and what it how it helped you and in that state, yeah, there were uh, memories that I had that uh, uh,
1: that I was deeply deeply ashamed of in childhood and uh, uh, cowardice and things like that. Uh, I don't want to go into the details of it all, uh, but anyway, cycles of violence and that kind of stuff, and it was it just unhooked me from all of that so that so that's my range of of all of those things. And then, of course, learning to be a soul friend fa- and you learn by failure. So so you hope to keep people's confidence. Uh, you hope to keep... Uh, uh, let me give an example. Just recently, someone, a friend, this is actually a long-term friend uh, in writing, uh, described what he's been dealing with for months. Very deep shadow work, if you will. Mm-hmm. Very deep-seated kinds of things. And my immediate uh, reaction—I didn't react this way because I mean, we were writing, so yeah, I didn't yeah. do it. But, but in my head, my my thoughts, my immediate thoughts were to uh, dissuade him from feeling this way. It's just oh. not true about you. That's nonsense. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah, a good right. person. Yeah. And to try to, to, but no. And then you know, and then there was a, something that stopped me. And mm-hmm. plus, the writing process slows helps. you down. Yeah, that helps. And so said, no. This is his shadow work. This is what he's doing. Mm-hmm. This is what uh, he has to deal with. This, even though you can't. see the accuracy of that at Mm -hmm. all uh it's real to him and Mm -hmm. and it is a real process and so what you need to do is write something that would give witness to that process Mm -hmm. and and say you're not alone and that's the message so so you gotta so you gotta learn to do that and you know and i've failed through that through the years again if i've broken confidence or try to talk someone out of their feelings if i've ever done that which i'm sure i have yeah we all have please forgive me, <laughs> yeah,
0: but because you because you have people have felt safe with you, yeah, in that circumstance, you've learned about so that you can even notice as you're reading the email or as you're typing a response, whatever it might be, that thing clicks, and like, oh this this yeah. my job isn't to dissuade, my job is to witness, yeah exactly, you know? and, and um, and so even being able to to um, be aware of that and catch yourself in that moment is huge. And um, to go back to what you were saying a few minutes. So the other thing I've, I've witnessed in and around confession is, you know, we've talked about it on this is, is 12 step work, you know, and and the fifth, the fifth step says admitted to God, to ourselves and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs, um, which as we've described here, is confession. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, But what you said about the uh, therapy and stuff like that, it actually talks about, uh, there's a chapter called Into Action that Mm. sort of um, not summarizes, but lays out like, you know, fifth step stuff. And um, in the program, we recommend doing it with another alcoholic. Right. Um, But there's even a caveat, perhaps our doctor or psychologist will be the person it may be one of our own family, but we cannot disclose anything to our wives or our parents, which will hurt them and make them unhappy. Yeah. You know, and, and so basically it, leading up to that, it talks about finding a closed mouth friend that you can confide right. in. And then they're like, well, you might not be situated or comfortable with that. So, yeah. And yeah. then, you know, the doctor, the the um, counselor. Um, yeah, and that can get and very sticky. too.
1: Yeah, that can get very. I've had to stop people in mid conversation, not often, you know, but it's happened a couple right. of times in my life. Right to say you're about to to disclose something highly illegal mm. that you did, uh, usually you know, in the realm of child abuse, mm-hmm. and I have to to expose you if you. Mm. Uh, so if you're going to do that, I I cannot keep that confidence Yeah. and you should get a lawyer if you're going to, you know, you should get a lawyer. If you need to talk to someone about that. And and yeah, it's a very sticky
0: situation, you know? So,
1: yeah.
0: One. And and so, um, I just wanted to interject, interject that there, but sort of this idea, and, and maybe we can end on this point or end this portion, but that the idea of the controversy, um, or not even controversy, but just resistance, um, because the way that that step five. So I grew up Catholic, as we've talked about. So I knew, you know, but my confession was very robotic, very transactional, right. like you explained, you know, yeah. trying to get away with the least number of Hail Marys or Our Fathers or yeah. whatever. And um, so then, in this process, seeing that the fifth step early on, I was like, well. I had that same oh well, I can just go to God myself, right? And I, yeah. I don't need to tell another yeah. human being, and, and I don't need a
1: mediator. That's a very
0: and that put up you know put up a wall for me um, that you know eventually was taken down brick by brick by no no action of myself. It was sort of leaning into the yeah. faith of the twelve steps and and just seeing other people sort of walk through it and, and hearing their experience, but um. There is something terrifying, and understandably so, of exposing yourself in that vulnerable way. Yeah. And the powerful thing for me today... So the powerful thing when I... So I did eventually do a fifth step with with another human being. Mm -hmm. And as we went through the process, the, the thing that blew my mind is when I... I was sharing this stuff that I thought was just so terrible. I had to keep it secret. Right. And every now and then the guy would chime in and he said, yeah, I, I did that. Yeah. Or I, you know, I experienced something similar to that. And then it just humanizing it and not necessarily melting it away in that moment, yeah. but being like, oh man, like, oh, I'm not the only, one. The, we have a joke and it's, it might be in the Christian world too, but in the recovery world. If there's a name for it, that's because someone has done it before you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, exactly. and so these things that we think are so terrible it's it it it's part of the human experience, yeah. on some level,
1: yeah, and it's and that's that's what it comes down to why it's controversial it's a painful process mm-hmm. to take responsibility for evil that you've done without whitewashing it or uh uh justifying it in some way or Say no. This this happened. I did this. What do I do now? And and sit in that uncertainty of that. That's a very painful process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, that and so most people don't want to willingly do that. Who wants to take responsibility for themselves? Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, and I think too, going back to the recovery world is by doing that. So it's a little bit. Well, actually, it's not a little bit different because actually, Richard Foster talks about it of two people just being able to listen to a confession you don't have to go to a priest you don't have to go to an ordained person um sometimes that's suggested you know maybe maybe there is someone situated in in such a place that you trust them enough to be that yeah but we don't in the recovery world there's no there's no leaders really right we're all we're all sort of on the same playing field and so having told someone, having done a fifth step, so I'm telling all the stuff I'm I'm taking, I'm hiding, right? And then that role eventually being reversed where I'm listening to it. Um it's such a humbling experience yeah. to be on that side of it, you know, and and realizing like and being able to do the same thing, you know, someone else is pouring their heart out yeah. and I can interrupt them and be like, Hey, I, I did that stuff too. You know, I've, I've walked through that thing too, yeah, wh- whatever it might be. Um, and these are things, it's funny because when I, when I originally shared it, these are things I was terrified with sharing with anybody. Right, but I trusted right. this one person yeah. to hold that. And, and since then I've shared a lot of stuff that I never thought I would share with anyone to other people that have been vulnerable enough to me to share their stuff so at this point i there's a lot of people i couldn't even tell you how many people so this thing that i was going to take to my grave because i was so ashamed has flipped and now multiple people know it in such a way that i don't even know i couldn't tell you who knows what in my life because it's become a a healing tool to connect humanly with another person it's it's a very it's a very weird dynamic uh, actually not weird mysterious it's a very mysterious dynamic
1: I mean, in my charismatic days, I would describe that as the devil is blackmailing you. Mm. You're being blackmailed. So by confessing it, it brings it out into the light. There's a verse in, I think, Colossians says, everything that's exposed by the light of God becomes light. Wow. So it gets transformed, uh, you know, that wound or that. But we, we blackmail ourselves, you know. So well, that, well, I was <laughs> going to say, so.
0: that's what I was about to say. Is I would even flip that and say our ego Yeah. is yeah. blackmailing yeah. us. But that, that quote is no less true. I mean, that quote, that makes right, the quote yeah, even more true.
1: Exactly. You know, and so, so yeah, so as these things get moved out into the light in the non-judgmental presence of another, uh, it, it begins to, you know, we begin to own it. And when we begin to own it, we take responsibility. And when we do that, things change. Uh, and we're, we're, there's more space in us, if mm-hmm. you will. There's, there's a spaciousness. Within us, we're not carrying those burdens anymore, and so it's very powerful, you know. So I, I would say, so if you're a Catholic out there, if you're listening to this, uh, you should stop. Your church does not want you to listen <laughs> to this. Uh, you should well, go yeah. to confession and tell them that you listened to this <laughs> and get your sin absolved. But no, if you're a Catholic, I would say uh, explore ways that you could break out of that that routine transactional nature of it robotic and go have a real conversation with a priest, mm-hmm. uh, in the confessional and, and, and see what would happen. If you're a, if you're a, a believing Protestant Christian, then, then take up, I, w- I would say, uh, explore the, the, the doctrine that the Protestants highlighted, which is we're all the priesthood of believers mm. and, and we were to become a healing community. And if you're not a believer at all, uh, or you know, or you don't consider yourself in the Christian world, uh, where could you find, uh, whether in therapy or, or a 12-step group or a friend, uh, how can you, uh, as, as Larry David said in Kirby Enthusiasm, elevate the conversation from small talk to medium talk <laughs> and, then, uh, and then elevate it from medium talk to a deep conversation with someone and take a risk uh, with them and, and see what happens, you know? Uh, you may lose
0: friends uh you may find out who your friends are which i mean probably i mean not that you want to lose friends but you know probably if they're not willing to help you grow in some way shape or form right. you know are they really friends at the end of the day yeah one of the things that he pointed out in the book which i cuz i was going to ask you this question so i'm going to i'm going to lead up to it but he talked about sitting down and dividing his life up what was it childhood,
1: adolescence adolescence,
0: and adulthood and just sat silently and thought like he focused, you know, one day was on childhood and he sat there and and just anything that, and I don't remember the exact words, but probably he used the word sin or like, you know, I I would use it as, as things that bother you from that, that time of your childhood. And and he would, he talked about writing it down and doing that three separate days and then sharing whatever he wrote down with another another person and so if you're not even in the point where you feel ready to share it with the other person right maybe do the writing exercise yeah yeah, you know what i mean and just and just put it it, it, because it's still between you and the paper or you and the notebook it it, it's still it's still your burden but even just writing stuff down at least for me writing stuff down will lighten burdens a little bit yeah um even in non-spiritual matters right like Right before we recorded this, I, my mind was racing about a different project. So I took five minutes and I just, I didn't write it down, but I typed it out on my little yeah, notepad man. on my phone. It's like, okay, these are the 10 things that need to be done. And since I typed it out, I haven't thought about it since. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I was, I was getting worried that as we recorded this, my mind was going to be focused on that. On that other stuff, yeah. And it's like, but well, that's not the headspace I want to be. And so I was like, well, I'll try to type it out and see if that helps. You know, and until this moment, I hadn't even thought about those things and so um so the question I wanted to present you is um along with the right you know that writing exercise or a writing exercise, what would you recommend to someone you know maybe they're not at the point where they're or so you know have that person that they could share it with sort of you know what the preemptive work of um this idea of confession you know what what might you? Um, sort of toss out there as ideas for, for someone to you know walk towards yeah, <laughs> the yeah. this this discipline of confession because it I, I feel like it really that all of these we've talked about are definitely disciplines, but this one I feel like is because yeah. it's not it's very uh, I think the controversy part of it kind of taints it a certain way for for certain people.
1: Yeah, when you throw religion into it, it becomes. Very mm-hmm. difficult and
0: strange. Oh, um, which is many things. Yeah. Once, yeah. once you pour religion on it, it gets. Yeah. He you know, gets sideways. Who would have thought
1: religion and politics <laughs> would be, would be uh, have controversy? <laughs> oh <no. laughs> I, I think there's all kinds of creative things to do. I think there's artistic people that find a way mm. to do that. They'll make. They'll you know. They'll build a painting. <laughs>
0: uh they will manufacture painting. yeah there's people that
1: write poetry or like Songs. you said journal uh our friend hopefully she doesn't mind me saying her should i say her name or our friend valerie in austin she she has she's in the habit i don't think she'd mind us saying that but she comes up with uh creative rituals mm, uh yeah. to deal with these kinds of things and she invites others into mm-hmm. that circle uh you know where you you might break a pot or that symbolizes, right. you, know, so, you know. I don't want to go into too much detail of right. it, but but different, yeah. These, different, these physical different rituals, manifestations yeah. of confession, uh, creative physical manifestation. I've seen people dance. I've seen, you know, uh, that. So there's all kinds of things like that that you can do. Uh, you know, I I think I, I forgot how the quote goes, but it's a saying. Uh, you know, your your mind. Might forget the trauma and your mm-hmm. and your dark secret, but your body does not forget something mm-hmm. like that. So you know, so physical things can be very helpful as well. Burning, burning out that that stuff through exercise, mm-hmm. hiking, uh, walking outdoors, get out of your head. So any kind of activity that would get you out of your head. I think I just took us on a sauna.
0: no, no, no. That's exactly no. That's exactly because I didn't I, I, the walking thing. You know, not to. It's come out a million times so but the that was one of the most profound parts of the Camino to me was yeah. this idea of physical prayer right because prior to that praying, meditation, you know probably the most I did for a physical type prayer quote unquote would be walking the labyrinth here mm-hmm. um you know and and so whenever people would talk about you know, swimming would be their meditation, right, or, yeah. or yoga is their prayer. Um, all these different things. I would roll my eyes at it. Maybe not externally, but internally. Right, like, yeah, right. yeah, okay. You're just you're just trying to work out. Just, just say you're working out. Yeah. <laughs> you don't it's have just... to make it spiritual. Um, but then walking the Camino, I was like, oh shit, yeah, yeah there is. Was, yeah,
1: it was an intentional pilgrimage.
0: There's something about moving your body physically while, while in prayer. Yeah. And obviously you can do that swimming. You can do that doing the yoga yeah. stretches. You can, you, there's a whole litany of things. So, um, but there really is something, whether like you're saying dance, uh, running, yeah. walking, whatever it might be. Those are actual forms, um, of release. Cause our body really does hold our physical yeah. body holds stuff. And I, I would argue that not even just our lifetime. It, we ha- have generational oh yeah, yeah. trauma memories our, and things like that yeah. in our dna yeah. that not necessarily it's our responsibility to heal but we do have an opportunity yeah it's with he- us it, to heal those things
1: yeah for sure and that's my dad you know he doesn't spiritualize his sports uh but you know he grew up in a very difficult situation in in poverty and uh a lot of trauma in his life, and throughout his whole life, he's worked it out through athletic expression.
0: Mm, right. And if
1: you ask him, he's not going to tell you that. He's not going to say I'm working my inner trauma yeah, out right. with athletic. <laughs> uh, you know. Uh,
0: it's funny too because he loves to talk about it. Like in the springtime when we went over and hung out at their house for a little bit, he enjoyed talking about it. And you, to me, it, it's something also that keeps him youthful. Yeah, because it it's like it's um, that. Because he doesn't talk about it in a sense to brag. He's just he just like it's his interest. It's what he does. Yeah, it's it's like any other hobby that someone would have, whether it's collecting stamps or whatever. And that that for me that was a very interesting thing, Um, because you know I'd had conversations with your dad, but. that one in the earlier this year was really really cool to see yeah. him sort of light up because your dad doesn't get excited. No, <laughs> he's pretty pretty he's pretty even-keeled. Even yeah. <laughs> so even to see him, and not that he got super excited unless you work
1: for the city of El Paso, <laughs>
0: then he gets riled up. <laughs> That'll spin him up. Yeah,
1: and that's how I know he's okay. If he's pissed off at the city of El Paso for some bureaucratic thing once involving he for, parks and rec,
0: once he forgives uh, the city of El Paso, you'll yeah, be worried. If he doesn't have anything. <laughs> then I know. Oh my goodness.
1: Uh. he's going to say goodbye. Uh, There's a a thought that I had uh, in that series, The Power of Myth, that Bill Moyers did on PBS. It's probably the most... I think it's the the highest-watched program PBS ever produced. Interesting. In the late 80s, where he sat down with Joseph Campbell, the mythologist. Uh, In the introduction, Bill Moyers says something. I'm probably butchering it, but he was at a Shinto Shinto temple in Japan. Watching them do their ceremonies and uh, rituals, mm-hmm. uh, uh, rites and things like that, and he asked him, "What do you believe?" You know, he asked the Shinto mm-hmm. priest, "What do you actually believe?" And the, and the guy was confused, and he said, "We we don't believe. We just dance." Wow. Uh, and so that's that's kind of you know now we're way off of confession, but
0: <laughs> well, yeah, but I, I mean I, I think the be well. Because on a certain level, confession is a ritual. Right, right. And yeah. so even if you don't feel like doing it, or you, or even if you don't... Okay, Here's actually, this is a better way to say it. Because this is my experience with the 12-step process. I did not want to do step five. I had no interest in doing step Why? five. Because you're an American. Um, well, it's not even that. It's just my fucking ego. Like, oh, yeah. I, I would go out of my way... Especially when I was drinking, I would go out of my way to not say sorry, right? um, Because I didn't want to acknowledge at the the core of it. I didn't want to acknowledge that I fucked up, right? Yeah, the ego shrinks when you. And so, um, and and this wasn't even the part of saying sorry, but just to admit it. So even today, if I mess something up, even today. It just, you're my good friend, even admitting stuff to you that I screw up sometimes yeah. is tough because my uh. ego is like, no, 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 no one needs to know that, Yeah, you know? And so, um, and I struggle with that still today, but I've gotten into the, uh, habit, I guess would be a good way anyway. So to go back the first time I did it, you know, the, the guy who was taking me through the process said, okay, cause I'd kind of been dragging my feet and he's like, well, show up to my house this Tuesday at this time, and we're going to do it. And when he said it, I was even in the back of my mind. I was like, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm not going to yeah. show up. Um, but Tuesday rolled around, and I got, in, I got in my Jeep. And even when I got in my Jeep, I was like, I'm not doing this. And the next thing I know, I'm knocking on his, his apartment door. Right,
1: almost a physical yeah, the like, body doing it. Not yeah, like mine. just sort of fucking dragging
0: <laughs> yeah. me along. Exactly. Like my ego's like, no, no, we're not doing this. You know, as I'm driving over there and, and knocking, you're like you can knock on the door, but you're not going to tell them any of it, or or there's certain things you won't tell. You know what I mean? Like maybe you'll say some of this stuff. And by the end of that night, I had opened up and, uh, you know, just sort of laid it out, you know, showed my cards, if you will. And um, I've never regretted it. You know what I mean? And 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 even so this is an important part, I think, to highlight, too. Is even after I had said it, and I trusted this man with all my heart, but even afterwards, I would be walking around and this uh, like physical manifestation of fear would wash over me literally from my head to my toes and be like, what about if he's telling people all that stuff you shared right now? Yeah. And sort of logically I'd have to walk through of like, well, if he is... There's nothing you can do. Right. It's, you've already told him, yeah. even though I knew he wasn't.
1: Yeah, but, but there's still that fear, the ego's, gonna, you know.
0: <laughs> and I, it probably I can remember it happening probably a half dozen times, you know. And, um, but but then it goes back to what I already talked about. I have now shared it with countless people to try to yeah. help them that it didn't even matter if he if he shared it. But there was still that, that fear that I held on to those things even after sharing them. And so um, if, you, if you do authentically do confession and, you know, a month later, this fear shows up. I think that's, that's kind of normal yeah. of this spiritual process of like the ego is still going <laughs> to try to trick us and, and, you know, take us down. Yeah. What uh, what's comfortable and and usual? Exactly. And not explore new territory.
1: Yeah i I brought a Thomas Merton
0: quote. It's
1: very it's a little bit long. That's fine. My
0: apologies. We love we love Tommy Mert.
1: Yeah, Tommy M. (laughs) (laughs) But from his book, uh, "Conjectures of a Guilty Bystander," uh, and and this is basically the situation. This is what keeps us from being confessional Mm. people. Uh, He says we are all convinced that we desire truth above all. Uh, nothing strange about this. It's, a, it's natural to us uh, to desire the truth. My phone's jumping around here. Uh, <laughs> but actually, what we really desire is not the truth. But what we really desire is to be in the right. Mm. To seek the pure truth for its own sake may be natural to us, But we are not able to act always in this respect according to our nature. What we seek is not the pure truth, but the partial truth that justifies our prejudices, our limitations, our selfishness. This is not the truth. It is only an argument strong enough to prove us right. And usually our desire to be right is correlative to our conviction that somebody else, perhaps everybody else, is wrong. (laughs) Why do we want to prove them wrong? Because we need them to be wrong. That's a powerful statement. We need them to be wrong. For if they are wrong and we are right, then our untruth becomes truth. Our selfishness becomes justice uh, and virtue. Our cruelty and lust cannot be fairly condemned. We can rest secure in the fiction that we have determined to embrace uh, the truth. And what we desire is not the truth, but rather that our lie should be proved right and our inquiry uh, be vindicated as just. This is what we have done uh, to pervert our natural instinctive appetite for truth. No wonder we hate. No wonder we are violent. No wonder we exhaust ourselves in preparing for war. And in doing so, of course, we offer the enemy another reason to believe that he is right mm. and that he must arm up and that he must get ready to destroy us. Our own lie provides the foundation of truth, uh, on which it wrecks his own lie and the two lies together react to produce hatred, murder, and disaster. So it goes, you know, all the way from the echoes of an individual heart, all the way up to the warlike culture that our entire global system has and, ha- well, and history of humanity.
0: Yeah, I was going to say historically too.
1: Yeah. So yeah, so that's kind. Of, these are difficult th- kinds of things. Uh, well, it's the thing takes a
0: monk to to expose those. Well, the thing that came to mind to me is it's 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 that character trope. You know, I, I shared with you yesterday or the day before I started watching the uh, Peaky Blinders. Mm-hmm. It's a TV show about like. Uh, English gangsters back in the day and they at the first beginning of the first season there's this cop that's going to come save the town and root out corruption and the yeah. police department and so on and so forth and his character devolves into being the cop that yeah. just needs to be right you know what yeah, I mean so he's yeah. not there for the virtue or maybe he was like it's kind of unclear yeah, whether he yeah. was a virtuous guy at the beginning but it's devolved to where he just he needs to be right about yeah, these certain exactly. things and, um, and so that, that, uh, that quote you just read was so powerful in the sense of like, people don't want truth. I, oh. you know, I guess I can speak for me being right feels so much more satisfying yeah, yeah. than being <laughs> truthful. I, I want the, my <laughs> lies that I
1: tell myself to be proven right so I can claim them as true. Yeah. And that's, that's the, that's what the cat and mouse ego shadow work mm. is doing sin, nature, whatever you want to call it, you know? Uh, and, and that's, so we need repentance and in repentance, we need community, uh, and, and to be able to spot each other when we're mm. to be intentionally vulnerable. And that's the paradox of community. I, we've said it before, uh, you know, a community, any group, any f- a family, a group of friends, a church, it doesn't matter. A 12 step program, uh, we can't trust each other unless we become vulnerable with each other, Mm -hmm. but we can't be vulnerable with each other until, unless we trust each other. And so it's this, you know, it's a, it's a tricky dance.
0: Well, it's, it's really incredible. And I meant to, to lead off with this story, but, and I don't, I don't think we've talked we haven't really talked about it since I got back, but last week I was in LA to do this speaking thing. And I usually don't get nervous with those types of things i'll get nervous right like five minutes before but it it passes rather quickly but all day like i woke up nervous about Mm. it and so i kind of went through the day trying to, you know quote unquote trying to figure it out and finally i pull up to the place that it it's taking place and and i call one of my buddies and just to ask him for prayer Mm. You know, and and when he picks up, I could tell he's kind of distracted. Like, it sounds like he's busy with something. And he's like, I was like, do you got a couple of seconds? He's like, well, I'm just standing here watching this horse die. He he has some property that horses, they keep, he doesn't have any horses, but other people keep horses in this place where he lives. He lives in the house and there's a bunch of property. Anyways. And so I had gotten stuck under the fence. Oh, and man. it had exhausted itself and and he's like but I I got a couple minutes to pray and I was like well let's let's include the horse and the the owners yeah. of this horse in this prayer cuz and so and the point of it is meek I was calling him for prayer but it was also the confessional part of it of saying hey man I'm nervous about this and right. I don't know why yeah so he pray he says you know quick prayer we get off the phone On the phone, he's you know I realized what the problem was. On the phone, he said, you know, he said, "God, please allow my friend to be." um, I'm messing. Please allow my friend to do service for you and not for himself. And what I was worried about is I wanted to where I was at. I wanted to be cool, you know, the funny guy from New Mexico, exactly. And but what, but why I was there was to do do something for service and mm-hmm. I need it not for my, you know, it wasn't for my own. Right. right. That, and so that's why I was nervous. So once I heard that, I was like, Oh, that's okay. Now I know I'm here wow, and I feel awful. better. Yeah. So right before I went up to speak, I looked at my phone and he was like, Hey man, this horse just got up beyond Whoa. all like it. I, I can't even, He by all, uh, what statistical probability the horse ended up getting up and living. Wow. You know, and it just like, it blew me away in that moment. It was a reminder of like, Oh yeah. Like whatever you want to call it, God, higher power, like universe, like whatever you connect with, like it really is more powerful than we understand. And to just take a few seconds, you know, whether, you know, and be vulnerable you know, because I let off with that story when I spoke. I was like, "Hey, man, I was nervous today. Yeah. It's because I'm here. I want to impress you guys." But that's, oh, that's good. You it's know, that's not opening. the point. And you know, and then we got to pray for this horse, and it's alive.
1: <laughs> and we got a reverse red pony going on. <laughs> not today, vultures.
0: <laughs> Gotta take a hike, vultures. Um, so yeah, so just built like you're saying a, a moment. What reminded me of that is what you're saying is like building up those, that community, that friendship where you can trust other people, you can confess these things, you can be vulnerable, um, both outward. So you, so like me, I can, I feel like I, I, all those things I have in our relationship. And then when you, you know, when you need that, I can listen and, and witness you, you know, yeah, I can be yeah. witness and listen to and it's not easy. Those things are tough, right? Um, but it's in the long run—at least for me—in the long run, spiritually, it's it's profound. Yeah, it is. Do you feel good? Yeah. Or is there, is there anything else? Anything? We still got a little bit of time, so is there anything else um, on your mind? On your mind that, yeah, that you last, wanted to close with?
1: It reminds me a lot of—you uh, know—you could also start with uh, just. Praying the Psalms, they're very mm, confessional.
0: Yeah, big time.
1: And last Wednesday we did a medita, a lectio divina on Psalm 19. Mm. Uh, but I found a, a kind of an interpretive translation by Stephen Mitchell. Okay. And the way he worded it was really powerful, and I've been meditating on it for a couple of weeks now. And um, let me just read. It's it's uh, Psalm 19, and I'm just going to read 12 through 14.
0: Is this the actual psalm or is this his This is, this is the NIV,
1: so that's a pretty standard okay. English translation. Right. Uh, but, it, but, it's, uh, but who can discern their own errors? You know, talking to God you know, this is a prayer. Forgive me of my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. And may these words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Lord, my rock and my redeemer. You know, I've grown up with that prayer, Mm -hmm. praying that Psalm 19 and singing it and many different hymns and (laughs) songs, contemporary songs and uh, K-Love songs and all that. And and so here's the Stephen Mitchell translation. Um, It says, help me to be aware of selfishness, but without undue shame or self-judgment. Let me know that you are always present in every atom of my life. Let me keep surrendering myself until I am utterly transparent. Let my words be rooted in honesty and my thoughts be lost in your light. Unnameable God, my essence, my origin, my lifeblood, my home. Uh, But that, yeah, let me keep surrendering to you until I am utterly transparent. I mean, that's, that's the work of confession. Uh, that we would be transparent beings before each other, Mm -hmm. Uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly, the strong, the weak. Uh, You know, I don't need to to build any impression or images, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's the ultimate, right, of Judaism is to have no image of God. And so therefore build no images of yourself or build Mm -hmm. no images of other people or no, and and don't build any false images of what you interpret reality to be. You Mm -hmm. know, you demand reality to be uh so it's this ultimate radical openness that we're called to and that's what confession does
0: well and i think part of the responsibility if you will of working towards that um that goal right is uh not only for your own like it's it's good for your own spiritual growth but if you can do that if i can do that it might inspire others around me, yeah. To yeah, be a little contagious. bit contagious. Be a little bit more open, a little bit more vulnerable. Yeah. Not even that. Not even necessarily like, oh, they'll be open and vulnerable with me. No, you know. But just like we're talking about the greater community, you yeah. Know, like maybe within their family, they can be a little bit more open and, and vulnerable, or with their close friend yeah. group, or whatever it might look like. Where it counts um, for them, yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 because they can do it it then ripples out another ring to the people that witness them stepping into that. Cause uh, there is a certain amount of um, courage that's involved, whether it's, whether we muster it up ourselves or it's, it's from this idea of God and a higher power that, that that's actually where the courage comes from. I don't know. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know where the origin is, but it does take a little bit of that to be a little bit more open and vulnerable. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's not worth it. Your heart will still get broken. Sometimes it will. We, yeah,
1: it will get broken. How you feel good. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think
0: yeah I me need too, to man. Visit the restroom, though. <laughs> it's that time. I'm on diuretics. Um, you know, I've, I think I've mentioned that <laughs> once or twice. <laughs> uh, if you need to step out, I can finish. I can wrap up the. Uh, thank you uh, for tuning in to uh, Desert Rain Community Radio. We appreciate you. Thank you to uh, Jacob. That's what you hear in the background with the Monk drums. And uh, once again, this series is Pathway to Presence. Uh, this t- Today's topic was confession. If you want to hear uh, past episodes of the Pathways to Presence, they're all labeled. And we have released them on the last Tuesday of every month, I believe. Um, and the end of July might have been the first Tuesday in August. But other than that, all of them have been the last Thursday. So uh, wherever you found this episode, or you can go to drcrpod.com and find all our past episodes. Uh, So thank you once again for tuning in and have a great week.